Oh my God. Let me throw the phone away so I'm not distracted. Oh, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> didn't mean to do that. <laughs> Hello there. Welcome back to The Bleeding Truth. My name is Sally McNally. I'm the Irish midwife. And I'm Bridget, Sally's daughter. We're here with another episode from The Bleeding Truth. And um, some of our people have been asking us to do some more story time. Uh, so I think that's what might be happening today, right, Bridget? Yeah, I'm excited for this one. It's been on our to-do list to talk about this part of Sally's past. Yeah, so um, when I was a child, um, I uh, was always being given things like teacups to read the tea leaves <clears throat> and to read people's palms and eventually somebody gave me a packet of tarot cards. Was that just uh, for fun though? Like read my hand, Sally, or? Well, I'm not sure exactly where it started, but I uh, guess I was a little clairvoyant, a little psychic, you know, and most children are, but in Ireland, it's like a celebrated thing. It's not a scary thing. It's not something to be squashed or, um, it's not a, thought of as a weird thing. Uh, in like every house, you might have somebody who wanted to be a priest or somebody who wanted to be a mathematician and maybe somebody who wanted to be psychic. So mm. um, I, like a few times I can remember like knowing who was on the phone before the phone even rang or, you know, who was coming to the door, stuff like that. And... Um, and so people would encourage that in me, especially my mother. Um, she she really liked it. She would uh, always keep her teacup with her tea leaves in the bottom. Um, and the way we used to do it, you'd have to turn it over and give it a half twist and then read the tea leaves that would be stuck at the bottom of the cup. And she would say, read my tea leaves. But what she was giving me really was this gift of imagination I would stare at the tea leaves and the pictures would form from the way the, the little tea leaves were in the bottom of the cup. And my imagination would uh, start, you know, telling a story. And um, so I would attach the story to the person who had drank the tea leaves. So mm -hmm. and then they would say, this is my teacup, that's my teacup. So I'd have to sit with the person while I'm reading the tea leaves, right? And it was it was like a little fun thing that we used to do, but it developed into quite quite a big thing in my life, actually. I um, then grew up and became a, a nurse and I was still doing it for my friends. And then I started learned how to read palms, how to read tarot cards. And people would say, Sally, you have to see me. I've got to, I need to ask you this. I've got to... Uh, find out, you know, am I going to marry him? You know, <laughs> with with young women, it's like, is he the one, you know? Um, but we had so much fun with it and I had so much fun with it and it gave me such wonderful expression for my thoughts that um, it was just like whenever I'd sit with someone and look at their hand or look at their tea leaves or whatever it was, I'd have this explosion of them in me and I I could feel everything that they were feeling. I could see their life and it was so exciting um, because 
I started to get really good at it. Um, and it wasn't so much that I, I was psychic. Now, looking back, I know that it was I was good at reading people mm-hmm. and their micro reactions to what I was saying. And that's really how mm-hmm. that kind of stuff works. You're like sensitive to what what you're witnessing. That makes a good nurse. Yes. Being able to like be there for that person in the way that they need it. Yes. And every person's different. Right, and, uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So if I'm looking at a patient, I can tell how is she reacting to what I'm saying? Is her body tensing or is her face relaxing? Does she look in, you know, like interested? And am I <clears throat> giving her what she needs, basically? But yeah, so I had this little gap in my life where um, I came back from Saudi and I was waiting to get a visa to come to America. Um, so I had like this little bunch of months. I think it was like five months. And I, I mean, I'm a shark. I can't sleep, you know. And so I had to do something with that. So I rented a little office in Dublin and it was up the third floor up this um, little windy stairway. And... It was a great little office um, and I started reading hands in this office. And my father was like, what are we going to do now? What are you doing, Sally? And I was like, it's just something I have to do just to get it out of my system because I've been doing it for years um, and I just want to see how this would go. So it was little street off Grafton Street. Grafton Mm -hmm. Street's a beautiful pedestrian street in Dublin. And I went up and down all the shops in Grafton Street with a little printed um, piece of paper. And on it, it said, Sarah, the clairvoyant, like Sarah, I didn't call myself Sally for this. I wanted to have a different persona. So I said I was Sarah, the clairvoyant. And and this was the address to come and see Sarah. You're a businesswoman. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We didn't have any way of like printing things off I had to like print them on a little typewriter wow yeah and so I I thought maybe some people will come you know I'll rent the place for a week and see what happens and the first few days I don't think anybody showed up Um, and then and then one person showed up and she sent two people and those two people sent four people and those four people sent eight people and within two weeks I was mobbed that within three weeks there was a line down the stairway and at four weeks that line went out into the street I proved to myself I was good at that I was really (laughs) really good at that and I was up there in the room and I was had my little crystal ball I was reading their hands I was doing their tarot cards you went all out then we started doing these visuals when I'd realized they had like this health problem or something, mm. we'd do these visuals of, you know, getting healthy and getting strong. I didn't realize it. I was actually doing the hypnosis. Mm-hmm. That's what the whole thing was about, was learning the hypnosis. And I didn't even realize it. Yeah. Um, uh, but now when I look back, I was doing it for years. So, um, but... It was very intense because 
uh, the more the people were coming, you know, mostly what I had been used to throughout the years doing it just for fun, they were like young women, tell me my love life, you know. Now it started to get more serious. I was getting, you know, people who were broken, who were addicted, who were mm. sick, you know. Um, I remember somebody with AIDS coming up, somebody with polio coming in, somebody with, you know, cancer or heart disease. And I could start to feel the pain in my own physical body. And it was so hard. I'd sit with them and before they'd even talk to me or anything, I was getting so sensitive to and open to what was coming in the door. I was literally, Bridget, feeling pain in my body. Wow. And it was starting to get really hard. It was getting really wow. hard. So yeah. is that kind of what, what brought it to an end? I was getting exhausted. And yeah. yeah. Um, and I remember I couldn't go out. I mean, you know, like in a regular job, you would just come out, go get your coffee, you'd go have your lunch. I couldn't I couldn't walk by these people because they were like I need to talk to you I have to tell you and it was like you know people really get into this stuff you know they get like like really believing this stuff but it's Um, not it's not like you're misleading them no No. absolutely it's almost like leading them just being there I was a mirror showing them what they were feeling or thinking or needing, you know, I was just a mirror. Mm. Um, but I was, I was absorbing a lot. And uh, I remember yeah. the way I charged them, I glanced down at their shoes. If really? they had, yeah, if they had like worn out old shoes, it was just a couple of pounds. If they uh, are euros, I can't remember which it was. I think it was pounds at that time. No, it must have been euros. Um, But if they had um, fancy shoes, you know, if they were like well off, (laughs) then it would might be a little bit more. If they were students, there was a definite cheap student rate. But (laughs) whatever they give me, I would slip it in under this big, heavy psychic book that I had. And it would just slip in under, slip in under. And then at the end of the day, I would, um, it was usually nighttime, I'd lift the book up and there would be a little pile of money. I was making like hundreds of, of um, euro. Yeah. And it was quite a lot of money, you know, for what I was doing. It was like, where did it come from? It's like, what? Because I wasn't focused on the money right. part. Uh, but everyone said you have to charge them something because then it's like they're part of the deal. They're handing something over for this. Of course. You know, cross my it's hands. It's exchange, it's, yeah. Yes. Um, but so I would take this money <clears throat> and I would go downstairs to what was known as the smallest bar in Dublin, uh, down in the basement of Is this it still building. There? It's still there. It's a great place. It's it's tiny and it's wonderful and of course you know after a couple of weeks everyone knew who I was down there they'd all been up to me as well and uh, (laughs) they'd be like here she is here she is and I'd go in there just to like kind of like drop it before I'd go home and I'd buy everybody around a drink it was like that's That's kind of what the money was and everyone 
drinks are on sale at the club clairvoyant you know that's uh, so funny <laughs> Uh, but then I, it was a very strange time. It was very mm -hmm. interesting. Uh, and I did later find out that some very famous Irish poets and writers had used that room, that they'd drink in this bar and they'd go up there to have like private conversations or, you know, and to you share. Know <laughs> I didn't know it. And I've, I, when I found that, like Brendan Behan, you know, that kind of like writer. Don't know. Really fabulous. Like, well, he was an alcoholic, but he was also a <laughs> fabulous um, artist, you know. Mm. And I was like, cool. I was sitting in the same spaces as these poets and uh, artists. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. I felt like I was meant to be there to develop something inside my mind. The art of being invisible as myself and and being totally present to the other person so now that brings me to like now like many years later um, and I have this um, this interest in hypnosis and I'm a certified hypnotherapist and you know I realized that I was learning that years mm -hmm. ago you know, um, and in ways it was the same thing to create the imagery for the person so that like if I'm telling somebody your future, I'm, I want to tell you the future that you can have the best one for you. Right. I'm not going to say awful things are going to happen to you. Like when I was learning how to do that, I was taught never say you're going to die next week. Even though, you know, sometimes you get that feeling. That's nuts. But the, yeah, it was nuts. But it was it was really, you know, like last week you were telling me about falling through the roof. That was house. yesterday. That was yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that made me think about this story because um, I was reading my brother-in-law's uh, hand once. And I said, well, I don't know why I'm seeing this, but. I, I see you like your legs coming through the ceiling or something. And like within a few weeks, that's exactly what happened to him. Or another person, I, I was saying to them, I, I'm looking at your hands and I see there's no bandages on them, but I see bandages on them. Oh. So they called me a week later saying that the barn had burnt down and they burnt both hands wow. trying to save the, the cows. Wow. And they're like, and I'm all bandaged. Uh, so, so what is that? You know, it makes you think, what, what is it that we can actually see things happening in the future? Is it like just, I mean, I'm sure some of it is coincidence. And some of it is the imagery, the imagination yeah. imagery, right? But some of it's so spot on, you know, mm -hmm. like, um, I remember so many instances, you know, where I'm just sitting, talking to a person, trying to bring them to their future. And yet their past pulls me back and I I would feel compelled to tell them about, you know, what I see about them losing a baby or, you know, um, you know, losing their home or or being in a car crash. I'd feel like compelled to say, I just feel this like you know this feeling like perhaps 
this happened and they'd be like yes that happened wow. you know so so what is that about us that we can we can do that well not everybody can i think everybody can i that's that's what i really think everybody mm-hmm. can we just don't develop it in ourselves like i had a special I interest in it um and good and I mean, encouragement i guess from your mom with the tea leaves so oh yeah but but that's even i can't say that because you've encouraged me to be more open to hypnosis yeah. many times yes but like it doesn't it doesn't work the same i'm i'm stubborn <laughs> Yes, in I my know. mind at least. Right, and right. every time, like even like yoga, I think I've mentioned it before. But when we do like the final resting pose, yeah, at the end, shavasana, we, yeah, shavasana, I'd always be fighting it in my head. Like I could relax my body, but my mind would just be like, "No, no, no, we're not, we're not gonna <laughs> relax into whatever she's telling me to do." Um, right so it it has right. to come from the individual i'm sure it does yes. help to have like supportive environment but <laughs> right yeah so yeah it, you're right it has to come from the individual mm-hmm. that they have to be open to it yeah my brother-in-law kevin uh he had a class in new york and i was visiting at a time and he brought me in to introduce what I was doing to the class because he was, you know, studying psychology. And um, so uh, they brought to me two people. One was a skeptic and one was a believer, right? Somebody that would normally ah. want to get their hands red. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's, so there's was, two types of people. Right. And they wanted to see what would the reaction be or, you know, what what kind of a a, a way would Was the, it in front of a bunch of people? In too? front of a class. Mm. Yeah. That's even clever. So, so yeah, the um the believer I read their hand first and it was a natural flow. They gave me all the right, you know reactions the little twitches the little excitement i could feel i was on the right line i kept going with their story they were like yes that's true yes that's true yes 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 and i was like yes and i could just tell their whole story they were an open book right and then the skeptic comes right (laughs) (laughs) right yeah so the skeptic I'm, i'm reading them and with them it was tight and hard and grumpy and was like mm. oh, trying to work through so of course the story starts getting negative mm. you know so their story was negative but I did manage to come up with a few jewels for them that um can't really remember if they became a believer but the class all believed they were like you were spot on with those two so wow. the the class uh, really enjoyed it but I mean you know, our minds are so strong when when they're directed onto one subject. If it's scattered energies like I am mostly, it's hard <laughs> to get anything done. Same. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But when we focus, laser focus on one thing. Yeah. Um, but what with this um this palm reading that I did and then the hypnosis. 
and then the yoga. For me, I feel so lucky because it all ties up into a lovely bundle for childbirth. Because a woman in labor, she's physically working hard. And how can she attach her mind to what she's doing, you know? Um, So partly when when I'm in there and I'm talking to them, I try to bring the mind to focus on what her body is doing instead of running away or fighting what her body's doing. Right. Anyway, I don't know what that's got to do with anything. Just forget that. No, don't forget that part. (laughs) I think that's super relevant to now. I think that it it makes a lot more sense. Like how, how you connect all those dots because I find it like challenging to be super passionate about more than one thing mm-hmm. at a time, but you yeah. have all those different avenues and it, it actually does all connect. Like there's... Well, it makes everything more interesting for you. you yeah, know? absolutely. For me and anyway, I hope it does for the patient too. <laughs> well, absolutely. You know, I think when you're able to, just react appropriately to whoever's there. Then they get like the experience that they were hoping for. Yes. Um, Or you're able to help them in a way that they couldn't find elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 But anyway, that's a part of my story that I don't share with a lot of people here because, you know, you tell them, oh yeah, I was a Pam reader in Dublin once. They're like, what? (laughs) It's <laughs> crazy, isn't that crazy stuff? Um, and it was kind of Sarah like, the clairvoyant. Sarah the clairvoyant. Yeah, I have the little piece of paper still somewhere, but it was like it was something I had to do, and but I wanted time to focus on it to do it. Um, but I can still see my little mother coming up that stairs past all the people coming in with you know a little flask of soup for me because oh. she knew I couldn't get out to eat and she'd bring in a little she'd go down to sandwich. wow she, yeah yeah and uh be, because she she felt it was a good thing that I was doing now she's super catholic right mm-hmm. um and but she's she's also irish so she she kind of like no likes the fun of all of that um which of course she's dead many years now but i could i could still feel her encouragement of that you know mm-hmm. and she'd say you're right you know like when i'd be reading her tea leaves she'd be listening to me and saying that's right that did happen and yes I am going to buy that. Like <laughs> I'd be saying like silly things like you're going to get a new pair of slippers or something. That's what I could see in the picture. And she would encourage me saying, yes, keep coming because it was story time. And you see, we're Irish, Bridget, we're yeah. storytellers. You know, before we had electricity in Ireland and all of that, we had a fireside and we that's what we do. We'd sit around and tell stories. Mm-hmm. So this was just another form of telling stories. And before phones, obviously. Oh yeah. And well now, phones. now you eat and then everybody just goes and does their own thing on their device instead oh. of sharing the stories together. 
Right, right. Yeah. But I, I'm really grateful to you for let, giving me this opportunity to do the podcast because it's just an extension of being a storyteller, yeah. you know. And that's I, your I want truth. to tell stories. I have a lot of stories. Yeah. <laughs> I I uh, I really like this this medium that we can sit and tell our stories mm -hmm. and I hope I hope loads of people tell their stories that I mean I've been starting to listen to podcasts myself now and other people's stories and it's great fun you know just to like visualize them and, and mm -hmm. see them like living their lives and and that's what I was doing in that little office off Dawson Street way back in the day in Dublin mm -hmm. you know just telling people their stories how long were you doing it for I guess maybe three or four months I think altogether yeah. but I was totally exhausted after it yeah it was like because I gave it my 100% and um, I I you know I I'd be going home thinking about these people and how can they live like that and how sad some of them were and the tears that were shed in that little office and the hands that were held and the hugs that I got and the humanity of the the moments you know it was like such an amazing time such a gift to be able to be with people so real so and in it didn't take any time at all within moments I I was allowed in you know mm -hmm. I really was affected by it you know yeah I feel like you could have been a, a great um therapist or a criminal psychologist <laughs> oh yeah I'd love to have been that yeah but Behavioral, I don't think yeah. I had the stamina there the yeah. emotional stamina for it because yeah. I wasn't maybe mature enough or stable enough at the time myself you know um mm. yeah probably not stable enough <laughs> at that time of my life it was just too much I didn't know how to control it or to let it right. go at the end of the day it was hard because yeah. I was compassionate you know yeah. for these people I truly wanted to help them you know you soak it like all in and then yeah you don't know what to do with it almost. Yes. but even to this day I have memories of them you know like glancing down at their shoes and you know seeing the holes in the shoes or or the expensive Italian leather you know and it's like but they're all just wanting to know that they're going to be okay yeah. it doesn't matter you know where we come from it's just like tell me I'm going to be okay tell me my future is bright I yeah maybe we could do that on on an episode where you read someone's poem yeah because that, sure, that I mean it. I think that's yeah. pretty cool um I just realized I have a splinter <laughs> <laughs> probably from falling through yeah the roof. probably from falling through the roof <laughs> like what does that mean <laughs> That, I don't know, I, I couldn't tell you an example, but I feel like I remember you doing that with me when we were, when I was a kid. Yeah. You'd like explain to me different, like love line or something. Yeah, your health then, line, your lifeline. Lifeline, life line, yeah. And then. But 
plus like when you focus like on a line you're thinking I'm looking at her lifeline you're, and mm. so you're thinking how is this person's life going to flow are they healthy are which they one's strong? the lifeline do you remember <laughs> the big long one that comes down through the hand that's kind of short <laughs> <laughs> what happens if there's a cut in it that maybe you're going to change direction that you'll stop doing one thing and start maybe another thing I do that every year <laughs> <laughs> interesting yeah there is a great place for that you know in the world and coming from ireland i have a great value for that kind of stuff but yeah but but when you're like you know a believer versus a skeptic i think there's also a difference between a believer who is just believing that someone's actually psychic and can yeah. see the future Versus like yeah. someone who is yeah. intuitive and mm-hmm. an empath yes. and, and a vehicle, a vehicle or has good yeah. communication <laughs> cues. Right. Like, right. Just like, I think there's a believer in someone that is good at yes. connecting with other people versus right. yes. truly believing like that you're seeing the future. Because I don't think, I mean, I'm the skeptic for starters, but mm-hmm. I don't think I believe that's the case. I think that yeah. there's ways that you can essentially connect yeah. to other people that yeah. give you insights. That but it's not something wouldn't... I want to pursue now. Um, yeah. Now I would have um, gone towards the hypnosis, whereas I can I can still work with that imagery and... What what's the big help difference between what you do now with hypnosis, like say for someone who wants to quit smoking, and what you would do with the smoking addict in um, that little office above the Dublin bar? Like what what's well, the difference? Well, let's say taking smoking as an example, the smoker would would have come in and said, "Will I ever be able to kick this habit?" Mm-hmm. Whereas in the hypnosis, they the person want is coming to. in saying, this is what I want. I want to stop. Mm, yeah. That's true. Yeah. So yeah. what would you say to someone who's coming to a psychic saying, will I ever be able to? Well, you want the best for them, right? Yeah. So you would perhaps do a visualization, uh, you know, um, of seeing them as strong and healthy, you know, and... Uh, not smoking that yes in the future you can see them not smoking but in as you're saying it you want them to see themselves as not doing it um whereas in the hypnosis you're working with them that they're actually visualizing themselves (laughs) going through you know their day and not smoking maybe coming to a time when they would normally smoke but instead they're doing something different mm-hmm. so they're gotcha. a part of the visual they're not just letting you do all the work they're internally yeah. doing the work yeah but the, yeah the uh the hypnosis is great i love it yeah and before you would start the visualization with hypnosis you would talk to the person find their wording you know and then 
incorporate their wording into the visualization. You know, so. that's hard to to really pick up on what they yeah. need and what they're saying. Yeah. yeah. It's hard. Yeah. But to, of course, we learn how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You're just good at it naturally. I, I just want any of my patients who are listening to this to know you're safe. I'm not going to start reading your hand. <laughs> Unless you want. Unless you want. <laughs> I won't bring out the crystal ball unless you ask me. <laughs> the part I'm I'm proud to hear is that you actually collected some money. <laughs> yeah, because that is that's the most impressive part. Normally, you just say no, 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 don't pay me, don't you dare, and then we're all like, Sally, you have to charge for your work. <laughs> You need to get paid for your efforts. Thank you. Yes, you're right. I, so. I know. I was quite proud of myself. But then I'd go to, and buy everyone a drink in the bar. I also classic you. Yeah, also very classic. <laughs> so what you you had was the entrepreneurial, but not the the money management yes. side of it. You needed yeah. a manager. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. It was very interesting. But that street was kind of like magical, I remember. We'll have to um, go. I'd love to yeah. see it. Yeah. While I was doing that, Mother Teresa came to the building across the road. She or close by. Um, and she was coming to visit. And I remember uh, seeing her coming out of the building. We were watching her on TV. I wasn't actually there. Um and she came out and somebody handed her a bunch of flowers and she was like, oh, thank you so much. And she turned around, she handed them to the next person. And I thought, wow, that's so beautiful. I love that. That's That was like the way, you know, I wanted to be like that, that I wasn't, um, you know, inclined to hold on to stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. But wait until you see your garage Non-attachment. Yes. Not, yeah. <laughs> Attached I got to I got over that. <laughs> now she's a hoarder. That's all Johnny I'm just stuff. kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Mother no, Teresa, no more. <laughs> You're funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> She's not We're always saying we have to clear out that garage before we die so Bridgie doesn't have to. Die. I've already started. The last couple times I've been there, I've taken yeah. like six, yeah. ten different garbage bags out and went to the thrift store. Is that where all my stuff's going? No joke. <laughs> yes. Good on you. All right, so that's enough of that, Bridgie, huh? Just like a prisoner. I call them my prisoners. Aww. I call them that. So thank you very much for listening to my bleeding truth. Thanks again for listening. We really appreciate it. And um, if you like what we're doing, give us a bit of a review on Apple. That would help us so much. And um, if you come across a subscribe button, press the subscribe button. It doesn't cost you anything. 